I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. A recent request came in that I cover the topic of blended families on this podcast. A listener wrote saying that they were in a second relationship where both adults had children from previous relationships and were now expecting a new child together. And, you know, there were some reflections on the learnings of the process of blending a new family unit and, you know, suggested it as a needed topic on here. And I agree, you know, we've spoken about managing separation and supporting our children through divorce or the end of a relationship but this is about taking it a step further and the person who wrote to me about this one had provided kind of particular questions um within their question there were more questions is what i mean and i'm i'm using some of those sub questions to frame this episode and the information i'm going to give because this is a really big topic and i want to cover it thoroughly and do it justice within our time frame on these episodes. So let's start with, you know, what is a blended family? Basically, a blended family is the name given to a family that brings together two or more adults and children outside of this relationship. In other words, an adult with two children forms a marriage or serious relationship with another adult who may also have children from a previous relationship. And together, they all form a new family unit, a new family relationship. And this new couple may or may not have children together within their relationship, but whether they do or do not have children together, they are still a blended family. Okay. And a frequent question that comes up on this topic is about the children involved, how they feel about it, what's the best way to handle it with and for them. And like with most life experiences, there are pros and cons to consider here. But, you know, let's start with thinking about the children. I often find when us adults are facing into a difficult experience or a challenge that affects us in our own lives, our default as parents is, oh, don't mind about me. What about the children? I really do want you to mind about you as well and we will get to that as well but I do think you know be aware that our children look to us all the time and it's really important that they see that we're engaging in our own self-care as we go through any life change but being part of a blended family you know it teaches children that family is about more than blood connections doesn't it and I think that's really important and the positives are that your family has expanded that there are more people who love and care for you that you're gaining rather than losing in this situation now that said it would be naive to think that becoming a blended family is not without its challenges of course it is each member has to relearn their roles in this new family unit they have to negotiate lines of communication set or at least adjust to new boundaries around roles you know especially between the adults in terms of what is expected from the non-biological parent around input into the upbringing of the children you know say in their education religious practice discipline everything else that goes on and you know one of the challenges that the person who wrote to me faced was the struggle with parental boundaries this comes up so often I think it's really really relatable Um, in this instance their children resisted seeing the new partner as a parent or in a parental role and yet this person lived full-time in the home with the children so they did have some parental role in the children's lives so as you consider broaching the step of a blended family ask yourself if your expectation is that the children involved are requiring a new parent in you or your partner like what is your belief or expectation here I mean my answer is you know at least in large part yes there is going to be 
some parental function and parental role the other person is an adult in the home and you know for example is allowed to say things like don't leave your stuff on the floor can you empty the dishwasher what time will you be home later will you be here for dinner can you turn down your music you know things like that of course there's a parental function there but it's not to be assumed and it should be thought out because it's not just the child or the children um, and the two adults in the new relationship that have to consider this you also have to be mindfully aware of the other parent from the first relationship who is still actively involved and the ideal of course I'm going to give you the ideal right the ideal is that all adults co-parent in an open communicative respectful cohesive way so that the child or children benefit from the calm consistency around them okay right that's the ideal but that is not always realistic and the non-biological parent will often walk a fine line of knowing when to step in and when to step out or hold back or lean in on parenting matters how difficult is that? I mean, try to put yourself in the, in the shoes. And if you're entering into a blended family, it's likely you will be in those shoes, at least to some extent. You know, it's difficult. It really depends on the circumstances of the family structure change in terms of how difficult it's going to be. But yes, it is challenging. And if the previous relationship split was amicable, you know, and all parties have emotionally healed and moved on, it can be quite or at least relatively easy to manage. But if there are residual feelings and unresolved issues or if the parent outside of the blended family unit perceives that they're being excluded or their parental role usurped by the new adult in their child's life then it can be extremely difficult open honest communication along with adherence to respectful boundaries will go a long way in easing the tensions that can arise here as will the adults in question ensuring that they do not speak negatively about each other or the parent from the first relationship in front of the children we have to model respect and collaboration or else it'll never happen and I think it is important that you are sensitive and attuned to the experience for the parent outside of the family unit as well it doesn't mean that you're like they're right, they're right, I have to always adhere to their needs and what they want. That's not what being mindful or being attuned to means. It simply means that you're going to be aware and you're going to be cognizant of how they might think and feel about this and model that in how you speak about and to them and the decisions and choices you make going forward. The other thing that came up in the question was something about jealousy and helping the children to negotiate um, I suppose, you know, the word was jealousy. Maybe, you know, it's more about, you know, where do I fit? Maybe it's more about I think I'm being pushed out or left out of what's going on here. And it's really important for children to feel claimed by their parents. In other words, you know, to feel that sense of I'm yours and you're mine. And I know this and you don't have to explicitly say it like that. I, I will know it by feeling it from you. And this can be a trigger with blended families as children will be vigilant for, you know, perceived differences in how the adults, you know, treat each of them. Oh, you're different with your own kids to me or, you know, you don't give them as hard a time as me or whatever it might be. They'll be vigilant for apparent preferential treatments. They may not be actual preferential treatments, but even perceived preferential treatments can be a trigger for me. And it's the job of children, let's be honest, no matter how old they are, to push and test parental boundaries. So I think if you're going into this process, anticipate that this is going to come up in some way. And it's our job as parents to hold those boundaries in place in a gentle yet firm way. It's very normal for children to require lots and lots of reassurance from 
from parents at times like this. You might see some behavioral regression. I think, in fact, you should expect to see it again, depending on how old your children are. Um, but you may observe, you know, something like sleep or appetite disruption or, you know, maybe clingy behavior or separation anxiety or an apparent rejection. I don't want you anywhere near me, but I'm still keeping an eye on you all the time. You might even see anger or tearfulness. You know, children might not have the emotional vocabulary to say, hey, I'm frightened and confused. This is a lot for me. I'm feeling alone with some pretty big overwhelming feelings over here. So instead, they're going to let us know behaviorally. They use behavior to tell us what's going on. So when I display so-called challenging behavior, it's not that I'm seeking to be challenging for you as a child. It's that I'm seeking to communicate I'm experiencing a challenge with all of this change. So watch for any sudden, you know, or marked behavior changes that are outside the norm for your child. And you will know what that is and respond with calm acceptance and empathy while holding boundaries about what is and isn't acceptable behavior. You know, you might be saying something like, I know that you're angry, but it's not okay to shout or swear at the other adult in the relationship. If you feel like shouting, let's try screaming into a pillow and then we can take it outside and shake the shouts out. Again, shaking the shouts out might be for a slightly younger child, so be mindful of age there. But you can still give me means of doing that. Let's go outside and scream. Let's do something else that's going to help you with this. But you're acknowledging the feeling and you're validating it while communicating a limit, which is to name and hold a boundary. And then you're suggesting an alternative expression, which is saying you're allowed to feel the way you do and I will support you to find a healthy way to express it. And this is useful, you know, to be honest with you outside of blended families, but in general, I think, you know, the other part that this, this parent raised with me was, you know, this something they hadn't anticipated was, you know, is there a feeling of mixed or divided loyalty or worry for the other, the other parent, the other adult, or, you know, the parent outside of the, the new family unit, if you like. And I, you know, Children look to their parents, as I said, for emotional cues. And if they see that their parents are coping well and seem content and happy, then they understand that this is an okay situation for them also. But if they see a parent struggle with this, they get cued that something is not okay. And that can then manifest in anxiety as a response. Ideally, the roles of the parents, especially the parent who's not living within the new blended unit, is respected and they are deferred to when appropriate. Oh, maybe you should run that by your dad or your mom and, and see what they think about that. Now, equally, if you're the parent outside of the new family unit, it is also your role to be respectful and boundaried in not asking too many questions, not letting children feel interrogated, you know, not communicating in a doing way that... I'm not on board with your other parents' new relationship, but that you save those questions and those quibbles and those those struggles to work out together as adults and don't involve the children in those. And then in terms of, you know, thinking of it almost like a merger at this stage, but the blending of the family, you could have something in what was coming up for, for you know, not the parent who wrote me in this instance, but another question on this that came in was, you know, something was going to shift in terms of birth order now or sibling order in the family where the eldest child actually was going to become the youngest because the other parent had older children. So what impact does this have? You know, birth order displacement can be really unsettling for a child who's used to a certain family or sibling dynamic or maybe certain privileges of being the eldest. You know, perhaps they were allowed to stay up longer than the others, enabling one-to-one -one time with parents. And that may no longer be the case. And that can be hard. You know, I can understand understand that I'm sure you can it may be it you know it can one way it might seem 
like a small loss, but actually the impact can be significant for the child and from their perspective. They have to relearn their role, negotiate new lines of communication and relationship with other step-siblings who may or may not live full-time in the house. In other words, they're there sometimes, they're not others, so the dynamic is shifting multiple times. That's really tough. And it's important for children to see and feel that their place has not been lost, that there is still the same space for them in the family. It's that the family circle has grown to create space for others. In other words, I didn't lose my space in the family. The space grew around me. And this shift in focus to a positive reframing is really important as it helps children to reflect on what has been gained rather than what has been lost in the blending of the families and ensure, you know, that you, the child's constant parent, spends one-to-one time with them as much as you can and perhaps create a new tradition that is the two of you who bring the dog for a walk or do the grocery shopping or take the car to be washed or go for a hot chocolate after football practice or whatever it is and also find fun things for the new sibling group to do together you know so you're going to promote collaborative connection over competitive relationship and that can be done through family play together do you know there's I you know lots of play I have a whole section in my 15 minute parenting books on collaborative play family play but you can do anything that even a even a board game together anything that involves you guys playing together but getting out and enjoying this is us we're all together we're all in this together is a really important message generally you know in terms of advice i would give you know outside of those specific questions it would be to take time to develop your own adult relationship before you bring before either of you bring children into it because then you can present as a united front and a secure base unit be calm be consistent and empathic as best you can anticipate that you're going to get both positive and negative reactions and it may feel like a roller coaster ride especially in the early days or you know when a developmental shift occurs such as it worked while your stepchild was young but now they're a teenager they seem to be angry and rejecting of you and you have to readjust and parents must respect boundaries and the other parent of the children but at the same time endorse and support each other's role in your new family unit I know that she's not your mom but she knows that too and she is an adult in our family and she's my co-parent or she's my partner whatever language you want to use and you're not going to speak to her in that way because that's not how we speak to people in our family gentle yet firm is key take time for yourselves and ensure that you agree um you know ensure that you agree that when you're away together out for dinner that you won't only speak about the children or you won't only speak about the struggles because you have to keep connected with each other and your children will then see you as a strong united front and see the love you have for each other as well as for them I would add in you know that this can be further complicated when you each bring children from a previous relationship or perhaps one of you does and then you have a child or children together children from the first relationship may feel other to the children you have together so it's really important that you preempt this that you name it that you ensure that the children from other relationships that I mean you're all in a family together at the end of the day that they're an active part of bringing new children in you know compile a family collage of each person or get a family portrait done but that can be expensive so you can do a craft activity of a family tree that has everyone on it another thing I like to do is if everybody covers their hands in lotion and then on a dark piece of paper everybody almost in a circle where fingers and thumbs are touching as you each put your hands down just the lotion handprints and then everyone lifts their hands 
hands, you shake corn flour or, you know, baby powder all over it, shake off the surplus, the powder will stick to the lotion and you get this circle of handprints. So it's not about who looks the same and who doesn't, but look at us all, we're connected as a family and it's a really nice way of doing an alternative family portrait, if you like. You could then frame it, hang it up, this is our family, everyone is acknowledged and valued. In an ideal world, your new in-laws will embrace you as a positive in their son or daughter's life post-breakup of the first relationship. But you know that again, I'm talking about ideals. That might not always be the case. So this is why it's crucial that the adults in the new relationship invest in each other to ensure that you can withstand the initial fallout as many people, adults and children alike, will start with resistance before moving to tentative acceptance, ending with hopefully full integration and acceptance. But that can take time. Don't expect too much too soon. Try as best as you can not to personalize everything as it may well be more about their struggle than anything to do with you personally. It can feel personal though, let's be honest. In terms of being held accountable for the demise of the first relationship, remember that it is often easier to look outwards and blame someone else than it is to look inwards and take responsibility for how things went awry or to look at the parents you love so much and think, actually, it just didn't work with them. It's easier blame you. And if you can, even if it's an unaccepted offer, reach out to the other partner, you know, the person from the first relationship, if it's appropriate to do so. And there will be circumstances where it is and where it isn't. I want to acknowledge that. But if you can reach out, suggest a coffee and state that regardless, you would like to keep the lines of communication open moving forward. I think it's important that we don't assume or assign anyone the role of disgruntled ex or evil stepmother or crazy ex or any of that language. You know, I do think children's books and TV shows love to do the old evil step parent thing, but uphold the benefits of a mutually respectful modern family unit. Boundaries are key in all of this. I cannot overstate that. I, I know that's been a lot of information, but it's such a big, deep, broad topic. And I know I could say more than that, but I hope that that's helpful for anybody who is facing into new relationships and to look at this as something exciting and positive. You're doing this because you love each other and you want to share that love and build a new life together. And I wish you the very best of luck with all of that. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-minute parenting.